You're listening to the Louisiana Literature Podcast. I'm Pike Milinovsky. I think that if you were completely in agreement with the world as it is, you wouldn't write novels. Nobel Prize-winning Peruvian writer Mario Vargas Llosa believes that all great literature stems from a basic dissatisfaction with the world as it is. You discover very rapidly that the real world is always um, less rich, less uh, profound, less uh, diverse than the world that we were able to fantasize. Mario Vargas Llosa, who was born in 1936, has been politically active throughout his career and even ran for president in 1990. In this interview recorded at the Louisiana Museum in 2019, Llosa shares the story of his way into the world of books and his ideas about life, literature and politics. I think I think I I, I am a writer because the extraordinary pleasure that was for me to learn how to read. I was uh, five years old. Um, my family was living in, in Bolivia, in Cochabamba. And I think my, my life changed completely when I learned how to read. I remember the way in which my, my life uh, extended, uh, uh, how this um, operation of uh, transform the, the letters in images uh, was a real revolution in my, my life, the, the way in which uh, new experiences came to, to me, particularly traveling, no? traveling to Europe, to well, very different places in the, in the world. Uh, it was a way to be in touch with different cultures, with different languages, with different adventures, um, and not only contemporary things, but also things that were in the past or, or in the future. And so literature was something that changed completely my life. And probably because of that, I started uh, also very, very young to write little things and and I was encouraged very much in this by my, my mother, who was a very good reader, and my, my mother's family, uh, which, which I, I, I live at that, uh, at that time. Uh, so probably the reason why I am a writer is because I enjoy so much reading that uh, this was the origin of my literary vocation. I read uh, Alexander Dumas, uh, those are the, well, Victor Hugo, I, I, I remember I read when I was still at the school, Les Miserables, for the first time. And this was a book that for me, well, was absolutely essential. You know, I, I read and I reread the book. Uh, uh, and, um, but I, what, what I read was mostly uh, adventurous books, books that... Uh, made me participate, you know, in adventurous lives. Uh, and I remember two monthly magazines who arrived, uh, probably they circulated all over Latin America. One was Argentine, Villiquen, and the other was Chilean. 
Peneca, and uh, uh, they were not comics. They were for for, for, for reading, you know, and uh, uh, and they were kind of uh, long novels that were divided in episodes, and uh, that maybe that maybe gave me the idea that uh, a very good novel is a very large novel. <laughs> Probably I, I had this, this uh, prejudice in favor of great novels as novels that were also great in, in extension. And, uh, um, but I, at that time, of course, I, I didn't think in becoming a writer. That was practically impossible for a, a young Peruvian or Bolivian or Ecuadorian. At that time, you know, uh, a writer had no presence in the social life, no? The only writers were people who were doing other things and that uh, consecrated their weekends, you know, to write and uh, uh, or lawyers, or professionals, uh, or teachers, you know. And, but um, it was practically unthinkable in the, let's say, early 50s, last century, in countries like Peru, or Ecuador, or, or Colombia, to think on, of your, yourself being only a, a writer. So I entered the university, uh, I study humanities for pleasure and to be a, law, a lawyer, thinking that, well, maybe to be a lawyer was not to be so far away from literature. And, uh, but what I, I really studied was humanities, uh, literature, history, philosophy. And, um, and at the end of my study in, in Lima, I received a grant to make a PhD in Madrid. And this was really very, very important because when I went to Madrid, it was, I think, in Madrid that I decided to be a writer, to try to be a writer, uh, that is organizing my life uh, in such a way that I could uh, give to literature my energies, uh, my enthusiasm, uh, and try to survive, no? try to survive doing, uh, let's say, practical things, uh, but without replacing um, the, the practical things for my, my vocation. It was a time in which uh, the existentialist philosophy was very, very important, not only in France, but also in Latin America. At that time, the French influence was enormous in cultural terms. And uh, so we, we read uh, Sartre, Camus, uh, Merleau-Ponty, and, uh, and I was a great admirer of Sartre at that time, in, th in those years. So uh, for me, I think writing was something that was intimately linked with a kind of uh, social responsibility, political responsibility. You know, I believe that that time in committed literature, so my, my first stories, short stories, my, my first novel, uh, 
uh, was impregnated with these uh, ideas. No? Then afterwards, when I was living in France, I took some, some distance, uh, critical distance with Sartre. Um, but my, my, at the beginning, you know, the, the influence of Sartre, the influence of this, uh, that literature should be committed uh, to not only to be a, an artistic exercise, but also a social one, a political one, um, was, I suppose, very, very present in the first book that I, I wrote, no? Then, little by little, I, I, I took some distance with Sartre. I became more a Camusiano, uh, because when the famous polemic between Sartre and Camus, I was first with Sartre. But then, years later, I decided that it was Camus who was right, you know. <laughs> that his idea that... Um, Separating politics from morals is something that produces inevitably violence. I think he was absolutely right, that the moral responsibility was as important as the political one when you, when you write. And, uh, and I think this happens after I have published my two first novels. And uh, I think my third, my third novel was more distant of Sartre's ideas than the first ones, you know. Even when I was uh, uh, a committed writer, I was also at the same time very free. And I never had the impression of choosing in a, uh, let's say, a conscious way, the subject of my novels. When I wanted to participate uh, openly in politics, well, I, I wrote an essay, I, I, I wrote an article. Um, for, but for novels, it was very different. It was because something happened to me. Uh, I met someone. I heard something. Uh, I read something that gave me memories that little by little be became uh, like obsessions and uh, and that was the always the beginning of a, of a novel mm. i don't know why certain experiences are so rich in literary terms and why so many others know but uh, this is probably probably because this experience is might touch a very uh, secret, you know, center of my personality. I am not conscious of that. But the, the process has been always the case. Uh, a certain uh, experience that uh, uh, gave me images that little by little became the source of a, of a story, of a character, uh, and then when I start working, I, I never write directly before doing some schemes, you know, uh, so trajectories. Uh, uh, it's for me very, very important, even if 
afterwards I don't respect this project, you know, but uh, uh, to have this kind of uh, organization of the story. Uh, and then I work, I work, uh, and I uh, write and rewrite, and uh, uh, I always uh, done at least two or three versions of, of, of the novel um, before uh, having the text, you know, the definite uh, text. Uh, um, and it is the same when I have written plays, for example. I have written plays. But what is very interesting is that I know exactly when a story should be a drama and when it should be a novel. <laughs> Um, probably because the, the, the st stories for a drama are more concentrated uh, and the, 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 the subject of a novel is always very, uh, that can be very expansive, you know. And, uh, uh, but it has happened to me uh, each time that uh, to decide since the beginning, to say, well, this is for a theater, no, this is not for a novel, this is just for a theater, no, and, uh, well, I think that if you were completely in a, in accordance, in agreement with the world as it is, you wouldn't write novels, and probably you wouldn't read novels, you know, and, uh, because an, a novel gives you a kind of different experience of uh, not the world as it is, but uh, the different kind of worlds. And, uh, and I think in this attitude of uh, writing or even reading a, a, a novel, there is this basic dissatisfaction with the world as it is, you know? And I think you, you discover very rapidly that the real world is always less rich, less uh, profound, less uh, diverse than the world that we were able to fantasize, to invent, you know. And, and I think this is extremely, extremely important, not only for writing, for literature, but also for society. I think that uh, the, the critical spirit of, of, of citizens is something that is uh, in, in great part the result of this uh, experience with different worlds that you have reading good literature. There, there is bad literature, of course, uh, and, I found it, I, and I don't think the effect is the same. But when you read good literature, I think you, you became much more critical of the world as it is, and that this is something that... Uh, is good not only for literature, but also for society. I think to have this kind of uh, uh, citizens in a, in a society which are not happy with the world as it is, is something that uh, moves forward, this, this society, you know, and, and probably what we call civilization is a process that started with this dissatisfaction with the world as it is, you know. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I don't think you can um, mechanically devise the effect that what you write has in readers. I think this is uh, 
uh, impossible, um, the reaction of a reader can be very different from one reader to another reader. Uh, even if they read the same book, the reactions can be completely, completely different because this is something very subjective, you know, and uh, so you, you discover through literature what you like and what you dislike mostly in the, in the, in the real world. And I think this is something very, 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 very important for literature, of course, but also for the world, for society, you know. On the other hand, I think literature has other effects in, in, in the only way in which you can really know your own language, know all the uh, possibilities that your language uh, has, uh, the way in which uh, you discover the possibilities of uh, uh, describe the, the world, express your your feelings, your emotions, uh, is through good literature. This is something that you cannot learn in a school, uh, in an institution. No, you, you need this exposure with great literature, and this gives you a kind of knowledge of your language that is really unique and extremely, extremely important to express yourself and to have sensibility and imagination and... Uh, um, so in this sense, I think literature is extremely, also extremely important. And then, you know, this you discover when you lost freedom. Literature is an instrument to defend freedom and to fight against the lack of freedom. Uh, and this since the beginning of history, you know. Uh, particularly in the Spanish-speaking world, uh, you know, we had since very, very old times the intention to control the way in which literature is produced, particularly for institutions which would like to control entirely this production, you know, of this uh, other reality, which is the artistic and literary uh, reality. That was Inquisition. The Inquisition wanted to control all this, you know. And you know that the Inquisition uh, forbid the, the novels for 300 years in, in uh, Spanish colonies, you know. And why? Because they, they didn't trust literature. They thought that literature engendered a kind of danger for the, the society that they wanted to control, you know. Uh, in religious terms, in moral terms. And, and my impression is that they were right, that there is a danger always in, in literature, um, as becomes evident in all dictatorial, authoritarian, totalitarian regimes. Immediately, literature becomes an instrument of resistance, of criticism, so immediately systems of censorship are established and uh, that gives you an idea of the importance of literature also in the political field, how literature is intimately linked with freedom, with the possibility of have a diversity of 
convictions, of ideas, of attitudes, of customs, you know, in, in society. And I think that for all these reasons, we should try not only to, to preserve literature, give literature an, an important role in the future, in the, in the society of the future, but also to have good literature, to have very creative and original kind of literature, because I think this kind of literature is something that has a social, political effect in, in, in society. No? Mario Vargas Llosa visited the Louisiana Museum in 2019, where he was interviewed by Christian Lund. Original music for this podcast is made by Bob Pounding. Associate producer is Christian Lund. You can watch and listen to hundreds of other interviews with great writers and artists from all over the world at the Louisiana Channel, or you can find them on YouTube. I'm Pike Melinovsky. Thanks for listening. <laughs>